0: Hey there, I'm Heather Mulder, a former AmLaw 100 partner who just five years into my legal career found myself teetering on the edge of burnout. So that I didn't become yet another attorney burnout statistic, I decided it was time to redefine success from the inside out. Fast forward a few years and it worked. I had a thriving legal career balanced with a fulfilling life. What I learned is that you can achieve the success you want without sacrificing yourself in the process. And I'm on a mission to help you do exactly that. Join me each week for practical, unfiltered advice on how to successfully navigate the challenging legal market and succeed in both law and life. This is the Life & Law Podcast. Does business development ever feel a bit overwhelming? Like you understand all the things you could be doing but you're not quite sure exactly what you should be doing. It feels like some ambiguous concept or theory, not real-world strategies that you can actually implement immediately on a daily basis that are actually pretty simple to fit in. If this is you, today's podcast was built exactly for you. This is a complaint I hear all the time. From attorneys around, yeah, Heather, I know all the things I could be doing, but what should I be doing or what can I be doing that will actually fit within my day to day business practice life without totally overwhelming me? I got your back. We are going through my exact framework for how to kind of figure that out and what to do so that you can grow your business exponentially without spending a ton of time on it. Now, Caveat, you do have to spend some time, going to be real here, got to spend some time, but you're probably assuming it's going to take a lot longer than it will. There are definitely strategies out there that do not take as much time. Some take more than others, and we're going to go through kind of how to figure out what you should be doing so that you can increase your client development return on investment by 30% or more and I don't pick that number out of thin air that's a number that real life clients have gotten just by implementing these strategies and being consistent with them and that 30% was actually a big number for one recent client because she came in with a pretty big number and increased by 30% and then here's the really exciting thing y'all you keep increasing utilizing this framework will create a foundation for you to actually be consistent with business development. And we all know that consistency is key. And that's probably the biggest area we all fall down. It's hard to stay consistent because we get busy. I know, I get it. So that's what today's framework is all about. It's to help you increase that ROI, your return on investment, which basically means you exponentially increase your revenues and income, but don't waste time. And in fact, you really spend the least amount of time possible to increase the revenues the way you want. If that sounds exciting to you, I hope it does, then stick with me because that's what we're covering. Hey there, this is Heather Mulder, host of the Life in Law podcast. And the reason we are getting into the topic today is because I hear this so, so much. And let's face it, we're getting towards the end of the year. I find a lot of lawyers coming to me between the months of September in December needing my services, wanting my services because they're looking at their bottom line and realizing, you know what? I'm not where I expected to be. I'm not where I wanted to be. And I realize it's because I either didn't have the right approach to begin with and I didn't have a good strategy that I could follow and or I wasn't very consistent and I need help. I need accountability. So If that is you, today's episode is going to help you. No, I can't help you individually through this, but you can learn a simple framework that will help you with all of these things. Now, I will tell you, I will be giving you an opportunity to find a way to come work with me towards the end of today's episode if that is for you. If you want that individualized accountability plus a group to support you and to really not just hold your feet to the fire, but give you the confidence you need and want to go bigger for the end of this year and into next. So be on the lookout for that as we get to it. But let's get started with the actual framework. Now, this is the framework I utilize inside of my mastermind, Elevate, which is all about growing your business, growing your practice, getting a team built around it. Whatever your growth goal is, there's always an element of Client development of wanting to bring in more. Because if you're going to grow your team, it's to support your growing business and you want to grow it more, right? So, whatever your growth goals are, this is where we get started when it comes to the business development piece. I also use this with my individual business clients. This framework has been tried, has been tested, and it works. Not only is this what I used and how I exponentially grew my business, but it's what my clients use. So, I want you to start using it too, regardless of whether you want to work with me or not. It's going to help give you kind of that stability, that foundation that you need. I talked not long ago about systems. You could think of this as a system, kind of a top level system for how to grow your business, okay? And I will tell you, following a system, following a framework is what helps kind of keep you internally accountable to yourself. So that's why I'm sharing it with you today and why I hope you actually use it. Before we get into the system, I want to go over a couple of things. Let's talk marketing versus networking versus advertising and also branding. These are different things that we lawyers tend to conflate. We kind of get them all confused and mixed up with one another. And I think it's really important to understand the difference of each thing and how they interact with one another and how they integrate, okay? Because you need to understand exactly what these are and what their purpose is so that you can actually create the right strategies for you, pick the right strategies for you based on what it is you want out of each one of these. So first of all, your brand very simply is what other people say about you, how people perceive you. And it is created by the work that you do and how you work with your clients and how you show up in your day-to-day. It is also created by how you show up online, whether you are posting on LinkedIn or doing commercials through advertising or just on your, you know, any social media posts that you do. Also through your website copy, Your brand is how people perceive you. And you do have control over that to some extent because you control how you show up online via your website, in your day-to-day interactions, when you're selling, when you're marketing. You have control over that, right? You have control over how you show up. Now, you don't have control over... 100% 100% over how other people perceive you. Sometimes people perceive things differently than you intend or you wanted, or and are a little off, you know. But overall, your brand is truly created by how you show up. And that's important because there's this whole no like trust factor that I've talked about before. And by the way, because we're getting into pure business development today, and I have had several podcasts on this very topic. I am going to be sure to include my top two or three that I think you really need to listen to um, around some of the myths around client development and legal marketing and some of the mistakes that are made and also how to sell. So I'm going to put those into the show notes. If you have not listened to them, and even if you have, but it's been a while, you might want to go back and listen to them, highly recommend those. They will be very complimentary to today's episode. But no like trust. Trust. Is basically people want to hire people and do business with people that they know, that they like, and that they trust. And that's part of your branding, Your your everything you put out there, everything that you show up in, whether it's marketing, whether it's advertising, whether it's speaking, which is a form of marketing, whether it's your writing, also another form of marketing, whether it's how you speak to people when you're networking and the things that, you know, how you show up there. All of that creates your brand and all of that you are doing, hopefully, in a very intentional manner to create know, like, trust so that people who would be good clients for you understand who you are, what you do, how you help people, how you could help them. They know it. They like you, right? And they trust you. They trust that you know your stuff and you actually perform the services you say you do in the manner you say you do in an ethical way and so on that's all that is now quick point about like not everybody's going to like you and that's totally okay I have said this before I will say this again you want to show up fully as you how do you show up in your day-to-day practice with your clients with your you know the people who work for you with your team with your colleagues how you show up there should be congruent with how you show up with your with everybody else and the reason you want that is because it's going to attract more of the right people to you. It's going to make the people who are more naturally going to be attracted to you as a, as a person understand you better and then want to hire you. That's the likability factor. So you're not trying to be liked by everybody, okay? All right. So that's enough about branding. Also understand that marketing and networking and advertising are actually kind of three different things, right? So I like to think of, and so is selling, by the way. Marketing is the intentional things that you do to put you and your firm out there to, so that people understand what you do, who you help, how you help them, and also with that branding flavor so that people kind of like and trust you, right? That's marketing. Marketing is, are things like writing. If you Even if you just write posts on LinkedIn, that's a marketing activity. Writing articles for journals, writing articles for other publications, speaking, getting on podcasts, right? All of those are marketing activities. Then there's advertising, which is another form of marketing, but it's paid, right? You are actually formally paying and it's it's a mix of marketing and selling, okay? Most ads are, you're out there Advertising, say, hey, do you need a lawyer for, I can help you. Well, you're actually proactively selling, but there's some marketing in that as well. And then there's networking networking is more about making human connections and growing your network for your own professional reasons. Some of these are going to be for your own network, maybe for mentors, maybe just for people you would like to know for your own professional development. Other networking activities are going to specifically be for client development purposes, for potential clients, for referral sources, for people who are in the know and can just make introductions that you would like, you know, for others that you'd like to get in front of. So that's really, networking is more about the human aspect. It's, there is a flavor of marketing within it because you, you're there intentionally for a purpose, but it isn't to sell in and of itself. And in fact, there's really not much selling that goes on with networking unless the person you are talking to asks, right, wants to know more. Then you might go into a selling mode. But most networking is really about forming relationships, getting to know one another, and taking it further to deepen the relationship. It's a way to create a much deeper know, like, and trust with people that you want to work with or that you would like to somehow send you work, whether it be through referrals, introductions, or direct work, okay? So that's the difference. And I will say you need, in your business development activities, marketing and networking, okay? You need both you should not be doing just marketing. You must network. If you are going to pick just one activity for now because you just really don't have the time, networking trumps marketing. I'd like to see you do one of each and maybe you know, you could do it in a way that's not the marketing activity that's not as time consuming, but networking should always come into the mix. All right? Advertising, I don't actually advise it at least not initially, and I certainly don't advise it for anyone who doesn't need to. Those of you in big law or mid-sized or bigger firms probably don't need to do a lot of advertising. Maybe your firm does it for you. And by the way, sponsorships are another way to advertise and market at the same time, where you're just getting the firm name out there. So that's kind of a form of marketing slash advertising because you're paying for it, for other people to see it, but it's not the type of advertisement that you would see in a print, right? Where it's saying, we do this for whomever. It's just really more like name recognition advertising. So I like to think of it more as marketing. But some people see it as advertising as well. Okay. So those are the differences between marketing, networking, and advertising. And of course, you want to market and you want to network as part of your business development activities. You want to do all of these things to create know, like, and trust. And you want to be able to do them. And here's where the framework comes in in a way that does not take up so much of your time. One thing I find a lot of lawyers fall prey to is we assume all of these things are gonna take a ridiculous amount of time or just too much time. And that's not really the case, okay? It can, but it doesn't have to. It somewhat depends on the strategies that you choose, but also it depends on how much time you just have to give to it. You know, there's this rule out there that kind of says you're going to take up as much time as you have. And I think you know that's true. (laughs) We all do this, right? If we find ourselves not very busy and we have an inordinate amount of time, we fill up that time with the thing that we are doing. And yet if we're busier and we have a lot less time, somehow we get that thing, that exact same thing done in much less time. So I want you to keep that in mind because that is certainly true for marketing and networking activities as well. It need not take nearly as much time as you think. It will take some time. You do need to devote some time and schedule in time, but you can get a lot of things done in less time than you think, all right? So the first piece of the framework is to figure out what you do well that you actually enjoy. So do you like to write or do you like to speak? Do you like to teach or do you like to inspire? Those two things are actually really important. So writing versus speaking is the how, right? That that kind of the how you get your message out. But then you actually go a little bit deeper into the types of things you want to write or speak about. Do you want to teach or do you want to inspire? What is your audience? You know, who is your audience? Where do they lie? What do they like? And what do you enjoy doing where you could do these things? How do you, you know, think about how you could combine these things too? Speaking and networking tend to go hand in hand. Conferences, you can also share things at conferences, like your writings, like and have them ready. Like, how could you combine some of this stuff as well? Now, this is kind of a brain dumping exercise. The first piece of the puzzle is to figure out, okay, what are all the things you could do that you actually enjoy doing and you do well? This is called leveraging your strengths. You want to do something that you're good at and that you enjoy. Because that's going to help you moving forward to actually create a strategy that's going to be much more enjoyable for you and i.e. much more likely for you to do. So start with a brain dumping of all of the things you could do. And when you're doing this, also brain dump the ideas of where. Think about who are my clients and where do they show up? What kind of networking events? What kind of industry associations? What kind of conferences? Like where would these people be? And you brain dump Everything. Everything. Now, everything means everything that you can think of that you might enjoy doing. Again, we want to leverage your strengths in a way that's enjoyable. So do not list stuff that you know you could do that you absolutely hate. I talked to a new client recently who just hired me recently. And one of the first things he said is, Heather, I'm more introverted, and I, I'm i not so introverted that I can't go out and network. I enjoy networking. I like getting to events, and I especially like smaller events, and I'm really good in that, but I can't stand speaking. I know that speaking is a way that a lot of lawyers, especially in my area, tend to grow their business, but I do not think it's for me, at least not at this point. How is that going to work with what you do? And I'm like, dude, you don't have to speak, and in fact... The vast majority of my clients don't. Now, I do have clients who speak, and they do it very well, and they enjoy it, and they attract clients because they enjoy it. But here's what I would tell you. If you are trying to push yourself to do something that you really can't stand doing, ask yourself, how are you likely to show up in that activity? Not very well, right? It's not going to attract people, and it's not going to be successful. So if that is you, if you have been doing something that everybody else does, within your firm or within your practice area because it works for them. And I don't care how many people do it and how successful it is. If you really don't like it, you should not be doing it. There are other methods out there. You can do it differently. All right. And that's what I suggest. Start with the marketing activity that feels best for you. So you've done a brain dump you've talked you know what do I like to write do I like to speak and by the way, you might like both like I actually love writing and I love speaking slash teaching and it's why I have a podcast and a blog but I will tell you I started with the blog to get SEO and then I kind of revamped and started focusing on the podcast because I was not able to do both now I've had a point in my business where I'm starting to rethink how to do a little bit of both. And I think I figured out a way (laughs) to leverage this podcast and start actually taking it, you know, transcripts of it and recreating articles, not word for word that are a little bit different that I can put on my blog. And so I can actually kill two birds with one stone without a whole lot of extra effort. But that makes sense for me at this point in my business based on where I am now, it did not Two years ago when I started the podcast, I needed to get out of writing a lot and really focus in on the podcast. So this is where you will probably have to narrow things down. That's step two. Step two is simplify because you can't do it all. So you've, you've got this list of things you could do. You could write. You could speak. Maybe you like both. Well, which one do you want to start with? Don't start with too many. It is much better to add later, like I'm now doing in my current business, than it is to start with both writing and speaking and try to keep up with both when you're busy because, let me tell you, you won't. And this is where I've, I do find a lot of lawyers who first come to me who say, well, I've done writing and I've done speaking and I have attended a million conferences and blah, 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 blah. And it doesn't work for me, Heather. None of these things have worked. Well, that's because you're doing too many things. You can only fit so much in, and I promise you, you don't have to do them all to get business. You can focus on just one main marketing activity and network and be good, and frankly, you can just network. And sometimes that's where we start if you really don't have the time. Now, I do encourage you to take on at least one marketing activity, and it can be simple. So I have some clients who are so busy yet they still want to grow their business. Oftentimes, and here's where you see this a lot, is as younger partners who are very busy working on other people's work. And maybe they have a little bit of their own but not enough of their own and they really want to grow their own book and not be so reliant on other people. The best way for them to get started is to start with one small marketing activity they can be consistent with. Perhaps it's writing on, the, on a blog right? A small article once per month that helps create some credibility and trust and lets them be known as an expert. Or perhaps it's getting a post once a week or just twice a month even as to get started on LinkedIn. A lot of my lawyers love to start there because that helps get them seen by more people because they're connected to a lot of their perfect clients, right? Some of them are clients, others aren't. And by the way, Anytime you post on like LinkedIn and somebody, you know, likes or comments on it, then they're the people they're connected to see, start to see those posts. Now, the algorithm does not show it to everybody, but it gets you out there in front of more people that could be potential clients. And so it gets your name out there and it gets people to click on, hey, I want to connect with you because they see that you're in their area and they like what you're saying. So a lot of my clients, if they don't have a lot of time, will start with LinkedIn because LinkedIn posts are short and they can quickly do once a, one a week. Many start with like twice a month and after a couple months, they end up with once a week. You do not have to post daily, FYI. I post daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday because of the business I'm in and because it makes sense and frankly, I have the time. You do not have to do that. Okay, so what marketing activity makes the most sense for you to get started with? You might have identified several, pick one for now. Do not do them all, simplify. Now, that's the marketing activity. Then you need to think about okay, how, where, and with whom do I wanna network? In step one, you dumped everything out. You dumped the conferences, you dumped the professional associations, the industry networks, like all these things that you could be going to, right, where your perfect client is. You've got to narrow that down too. And it may not just be one thing. Maybe it's two major conferences you want to attend this year where a lot of people will be and joining one professional association where well, you'll try to go once a month to an event, Okay. It's got to make sense, though. Make sure these are relevant places. And if you're not real sure, you need to be talking to people in your industry to find out where the relevant places are for you and the business that you want to build. This is also important. Simplifying includes really being honest with yourself about what am I building towards? Because perhaps. A lot of the work you're currently doing for other people isn't in the area you want to build. I had to deal with that when I pivoted my practice. So I started as a kind of an energy lending attorney and a uh, middle market lending attorney. Then I moved to a new firm and I had to pivot completely because they had a different practice and it was primarily structured finance and asset securitization work. And then the market crashed right after I made partner and all of the business I had was gone. And I realized in early 2009, I got to pivot. I got to get out of this. I can't grow in this area right now. So I pivoted into what's called asset-based lending, an ABL practice. I had no clue, like, where to go. I wasn't sure, you know, who who even to get in contact with or what groups, I had to do some research. And I knew that was the area I wanted to be in, but I had to do some research. And I still had connections and contacts in that other area. I still had some work coming in from other people in that other area. And I did take that work because I needed the billable hours, right? But that wasn't the area I was gonna grow in. So over time, I had to start pivoting more and more into the new area. And that can be really scary. But you need to be really honest about, okay, what's the practice I actually want to grow? What's the practice that excites me? Who are the people? What's the industry? What are the organizations? How do I want to represent them? Ask these questions to help simplify. It will help narrow down the organizations. And then pick something and get out there and start networking. I had a podcast episode not long ago on networking. And if you didn't listen to it, you should go back because it will help your ROI on on networking as well, even for you introverts, by the way. So simplify, pick one main marketing and a main networking area. And maybe for you, the best way to network is to go to two or three conferences one year. That's really where everybody is. Nothing local. Okay, that's fine too. Do that. Just make sure you utilize your time wisely. So be sure you have listened to that networking episode that I did recently because it will tell it will help guide you to creating a really good networking strategy so that you go in with a good strategy and goal and you come out having achieved that goal. And then you take it further with the right follow-up. All right. So step one is to dump everything out that you would enjoy, that you're good at. And to figure out kind of some of the where you could, all the places you could do this at, online and in person. Step two is simplify. Pick just one main marketing and one main networking activity to start with that you can be consistent with. Another thing to note is sometimes you can do kind of like a networking marketing combo pack. (laughs) And really what that means is maybe you love speaking. And so you choose to speak at specific networking events where your people are, and then you network there, and that's all you do. Okay, so there are ways to combine some things. So figure out if there is a way you can leverage one with the other. That's really helpful in preserving your time and helping you really reduce the amount of work that goes in. The third piece in the framework is be consistent. <laughs> okay, step one, leverage your strengths, figure out what you're good at that you enjoy. Step two, simplify, pick just one or two things. Step three is consistency. We all know, heck, you've probably been there, at least at some point, where you you create a plan, you create a strategy, you have a goal, you get excited, you get down that road, you get started, and a couple of months in it fizzles out. Right? And I find there's a couple of reasons for this. Number one, you've done too much. We've already talked about how you've gotten rid of that issue. So that's good. This shouldn't be a problem if you use this framework. Number two, you don't feel like it's doing enough for you so you give up dejected. Now, let me just say that consistency requires time. It's not enough to go three, four, five, even six months and say, uh, eh, it doesn't work. Now, six months in, there are definitely tweaks that could be made but oftentimes i see lawyers give up way too soon it could also be that you just had the implement the way you chose to implement a strategy maybe not have been right so for example i once had a fellow partner who complained to me about how she was just totally dejected and done with business development for a particular prospect and this prospect, she'd spent a lot of money on over the last couple of years. She kept doing these big events for them where she invited a ton of people but wasn't really getting any business. But it was like, it was three or four really big events over like a three-year period and she didn't do much else with it. She wasn't doing the follow-up, the in-between stuff that I talked about in that networking podcast the other day. And so I think her implementation was wrong. It wasn't that she was off and trying to woo them. It wasn't that she needed to give up, which is exactly what she did. She gave up on that client, which is a big mistake. So, you know, sometimes you have to, yes, there are tweaks. If, if I had been advising her at that time if she had been my client, we would have sat down and said, okay, wait. Let's give it six more months and start implementing a much better follow-up strategy. Let's get in front of them in different ways. And maybe we do cut back on these big events because that's not really what's going to give you work. You need to create a more deep relationship. So how can we take that money and spend it more wisely? And instead of doing these big events, do smaller things. Do little things. Follow up more individually with the, the people who are going to make the decisions and a couple of people under them who will help your cause. That's just one note for those of you who say, well, I've done all of this and I just haven't gotten enough. Question, challenge your assumptions and ask, okay, well, how could I have done this differently or better based on this framework that Heather's teaching me today? Okay. The good news is having gone through steps one and two, consistency is a little bit easier because you've simplified your strategies, you're leveraging your strengths, It does make it more enjoyable. It does make it more likely to be consistent, but, and here's a big but, do yourself a favor and calendar time in for business development activities, for regular follow-up, for targeted networking events and actually attend them, and for whatever marketing activity you have. So for example, for those clients that I talked about earlier who have decided to speak what they tend to do is have two or three main topics that they speak on over and over again. And so after they speak on it the first time, they already have it ready made and there are very like little tweaks that get done. So yes, there is upfront time they must spend on preparing the topic, preparing slides if needed, et cetera, sometimes handouts. But once that is done, it is done. And it is very little uh, prep time when it comes to giving it again. The clients that I mentioned that do LinkedIn posting, they usually start with twice per month to get into a rhythm. And then after a couple of months of that, they do once a week. And what they find, and this is what everybody finds, if you enjoy writing and you keep things super simple, i.e. your posts are short and sweet and you don't try to get into like where lawyers get messed up the most, is they tend to try to talk about every caveat, every no. Pick one piece of the puzzle and just write about that and keep it short. You got to keep it short for LinkedIn posts. But don't even use all the words you could use, right? And then you end up, you start doing this regularly, you end up with a million ideas and topics. And so they create a topic bank. Anytime an idea comes to them, they take a moment to just write it down and get it in the topic bank. And then they have ready made topics for them that's easy to go to whenever they're not sure what to write about. And they get into a rhythm. Some of them every Sunday spend 30 minutes just writing it, right? And then they go in on the day that they go in and they post it. Some of them spend an hour or two once every month or two and write several at a time and then they have them ready to go when they're ready to post. Like, It doesn't have to take that much time. And it's somewhat going to depend on your strategy, but there are ways to do this. So got questions? Reach out to me. I can help you try to figure out, you know, how to simplify this. And just calendar that time. Figure out what you're going to do. Figure out how much time you have to give and how much is reasonable to take. And then calendar it in and follow your schedule. Don't make excuses not to do it. All right, so consistency. That's how to be consistent. The fourth thing, support yourself. Every lawyer I think I've ever met has complained that they never have enough support. And I hate to break it to you. I can't force your firm to give you more support. I can't force other people to give you more support. But what you can do is give yourself the support you need. Seek out the support you need and create it for yourself. Here's what I mean by that. Let's start with create it for yourself. You can utilize systems to help you with your marketing and networking. I talked about systems recently as well, probably two or three months ago now. They all kind of meld together, but I know I talked about it. I will put a link to that show in the show notes. And I even have a framework I go through there and a free resource to help you with putting a system together. You can have a writing system. You can have a system for how you prepare for a speech. You can have, you know, all kinds of internal systems that you follow for helping you stay on track and manage your time wisely and not just waste time, right? So when I, when I talk about a writing system, if you are writing LinkedIn posts, create a topic bank. Some are personal branding posts. Some are on a particular aspect within your niche. Some are on another aspect. Maybe you have three different categories that you could you know, write about. That helps you kind of see, okay, these are the three. And then maybe do one per month on one topic, one on another, one on another, and then you get a free-for-all where you can post whatever you want. Pick one of those to do it again double up and change the one you double up every month. That's actually a system that will help you stay kind of in the energy of getting started. Oh, I know my topic for this week is supposed to be X. That's what I'm, you know, that gives you clarity, focus. Then you can have questions that you ask yourself every time to help spur ideas if you don't have anything in your topic bank yet, or you don't like what's there. So maybe if it's, about a particular legal area, you have three questions you ask. Okay, what's happened in the last month in this area? What problems have I helped solve? What, you, know, you, you, you could have questions that relate very specifically to that, that help generate ideas for you. So that's what I'm talking about as a system. You just sit down and take five minutes to do that. And then you know what you're writing about and why you're writing about it. And boom, you spit it out. You could have a similar type system for preparing a speech. You could put together a system for your monthly marketing, maybe for scheduling your LinkedIn posts or the blog posts that you're going to write. Also, systems don't have to be solo. In fact, they shouldn't be most of the time. So get others involved. Again, go see my podcast on systems and get my free Simplify with Systems framework to help you with this. Here's why I think this is so important. comes up a lot inside my coaching, my business coaching, and also inside of my mastermind. Oh, very few lawyers realize they even need systems. And what I find is they often shrug them off when I first mention them. But as I work with attorneys and they start to implement more of the strategies I've been talking about and their business starts growing, <laughs> the value of those systems becomes really, really clear. And I get it. It's time consuming to put a system together. But what I can tell you is this, every single client that I've worked with that has put a system together has been incredibly grateful after the fact because what they find is it saves them so much more time and energy and frankly, also money a lot of times because time is money, especially for us lawyers, right? So think through how you can support yourself and your marketing activities and put a system together. Another note before I move on, and this translates into the next piece, which is the support of others. When you're putting systems together, think through all the people that could help you with it. So when it comes to marketing activities, if you're in a big or mid-sized firm, you probably have marketing personnel that can help you with some of these activities, that can help you with research, that can help you with putting language together either, even, that can help you put your slides together if you have a speech, that can like there are people. So they should be part of your systems. Identify the people you enjoy working with that you hit it off with and integrate them into your systems, which brings me into the next piece of the support puzzle, and that's individual personal support. For whatever reason, we lawyers seem to be like pre-wired to go it alone. (laughs) We like to prove ourselves to others, even to ourselves, that we can do things by ourselves. And it's frankly a big reason why so many of us, I think, are so stressed and anxious. Because it is impossible to do it all yourself, which you know. And maybe you think you don't do this. But ask yourself, how often do you actually delegate? Versus how often do you say, no, I'm not going to give this away because I'll just, I'll do it better. It'll be faster if I do it. So think about those areas where you could delegate more for your marketing and even with help with your networking. Like I have one client who, when she attends a networking event, she's really good about getting cards only from those people she really hits it off with that she thinks could be a good, relevant contact. Before she leaves the event, she always notes on the back of the card why she thinks they're a good contact and how she thinks they can help them. That's a, actually a really good tip to like note on back of cards, the things you note about these people so you remember why you you know got the card in the first place. If you get more than one or two, it, it gets hard and also it allows you to hand this stuff off to other people. Then the next day she gives it to her assistant who downloads them into her system and then they also have a system for like a spreadsheet that they put together. And she tells them, okay, here in on that card, she'll note this is a cooler prospect. This is a warm prospect. They're never hot to begin with unless like there's a reason to really think they are. But she notes that and they automatically go into that spreadsheet, right? Once that's done, which is always done same day, that's a sit part of the system. You give it to them the next morning. Within hours, it's done. Then an email gets sent and says, okay, here's where I've updated them. You need to follow up that's when the attorney knows, okay, I got to send the email out by the end of today or tomorrow morning. I covered this on on the networking episode, y'all, within 48 hours, you should be following up via email. I need to send my email out. That's a system. Get help where you can. The other area for help is you need to be more honest with where you're struggling. With yourself, first and foremost, we don't even like to admit to ourselves that we are struggling, that we have questions, that we don't 100% know what to do. And those of us who are finally admitting it to ourselves, this is where imposter syndrome comes in. Because we think we're the only ones. I have news for you. You are not the only one struggling with any point, any, I don't care what it is you're struggling with. You're not the only one. There are plenty of other attorneys struggling with the exact same thing and or something similar. Start finding peers you trust that you can actually share these struggles with around business growth, around stress management, around anything and everything. Obviously, we're talking about business growth here today, but really about anything, about growing your team, about leadership and management problems, all of the above. And ask yourself, how much more could you? Do you share everything? How honest are you? Most lawyers I know are not. We often fear that we're the only ones. And we fear of being judged. Like, oh, they're going to think this is a stupid thing to struggle with. Oh, they're going to, you know, we don't like being judged, which is really natural. The legal world isn't easy either. And there are some that judge or try to use your struggles against you. This is probably the biggest reason why one of the biggest complaints I hear from attorneys, especially those who choose the mastermind or even are just interested in talking about my mastermind, go there is because they say they feel isolated and like they just don't have the support. And yes, I know lawyers can be tough, but the fact is there are plenty of attorneys out there you can talk to, who you can trust, who are going through the same things, And once you open up about those things, you will very quickly figure out you're not the only one. You're not alone. There is something super freeing about that. I mentioned imposter syndrome earlier. A lot of that starts to go away when you admit to others how you feel and find out they're the same. Some of your confidence comes back automatically just through that. That then allows you to be more open to trying new things, to get more creative. And when you're talking to others, even those that are on a similar journey, even those who are struggling with very similar things to you, the interesting thing is those people have different strengths, skills, and viewpoints than you. So they're going to give you new ideas that you hadn't actually thought of, okay, That's going to help you open up to trying out more, figuring out your best way, and getting what you want more quickly. And by the way, all while building your own inner confidence. Y'all, confidence just doesn't come. It's created by two things. Doing and seeing that it's okay, i.e. opening up, realizing you're not the only one, giving you a little bit of confidence to, you know what, I can try this. You need that support, right? For that confidence to come. And then doing. When you do more, you see you're more capable. And that's how you build confidence. Confidence is actually built by you. By doing. And it's also built by you sharing and realizing you're not the only one. And part of that sharing that happens magically, maybe this should be a third thing. I said two things, confidence created. But when you open up and share, other people tend to see more in you than you do. And they kind of hold that mirror up and show you, no, no, you're capable of more. That creates confidence too. So there's three things actually. (laughs) This is why I want you to be more open, like build a support network of peers and people just above you and mentors even who you can open up to and trust. You want peers who are on a similar journey because it's nice to have people in the struggle, right? to to talk to and it's nice to also have other people who can give you guidance who've been through it and found a way through which does bring me very quickly to my mastermind elevate I see these results again and again it's why I actually run a mastermind because it is a group of a very small group of peers on a very similar journey business team firm growth practice growth trying to figure it out together, supporting one another with different practices, different strengths, different skills, yet similarities too. And then of course, I'm there as the coach to help guide them through. All right. So that was step four, support. Create it and find it. Be supported. You cannot get through this without support. At least you don't get through it very well. Final piece of the puzzle, final step in the framework You need a very simple process for goal achievement. Here's what I recommend. You set your annual goal, right? And make sure, by the way, they're values-based. If you've listened to this podcast at all, you know values are preeminently important. You want to have a big picture vision for where your practice is going in the future that, by the way, you're probably never going to reach because it's going to change over time. But you've got to be working towards something. You start with that vision and you step back from there and create an annual goal that will get you closer to that, okay? So you have your goal, but human nature doesn't work real well with a goal that's far off. We like to have annual goals because it's easier to measure and oftentimes, especially when it comes to business development, it takes time, right, and consistency to actually get the results you want, so an annual goal makes sense, but you want to step back from that and create what I call 90-day mini-goals, like benchmarks in 90-day increments. So what piece of the pie do you need to get to for the, in the next three months? What makes sense to get you closer to that annual goal? Step back and determine that, and that's what you work toward for the next 90 days. What this does is it helps your brain see you're making progress. It's really hard for your brain to see progress when you're working towards a bigger goal. Let's say you want to increase revenues by that 30%. And that 30% number is like 300000 which feels unreachable in, in a year or less for you. Okay. Well, what, should, what makes most sense the first 90 days? And by the way, noting that it tends to come in slower and then build. So, maybe you get 25 to 50,000 that first quarter, and that feels more doable. So, that's your goal. Or maybe you don't even want to set a monetary goal the first quarter. Your goal is to be consistent and to set certain benchmarks for you internally so that you can actually start seeing the results. Like, there's different ways to do this, but you want to step back and say, okay, I need a 90 day kind of mini goal. What's that first big step I need to take to get to that annual goal? It'll help you stay motivated by the way, as you're going because you're going to see progress in that 90 days. and then you're going to reevaluate that 90 days, do a look back, reevaluate and set another one that gets you even closer to that annual goal. That's where you reassess and maybe pivot. I don't believe in big pivots usually immediately unless it's just very clear if this was wrong. So set your 90 day incremental benchmarks every 90 days, do a look back set another one, reassess, and move forward. Notice, y'all, that's a system. (laughs) That process for goal achievement is a system. It will make it easier for you to stay consistent and keep going and actually meet your benchmarks. And then if you miss them, you realize it's easier to analyze, okay, what have I been doing? What's working? What's not? When you have a system like that. So again, The simple framework is number one, figure out how to leverage your strengths. Number two, simplify. Number three, be consistent. Number four, build support around you. Make sure you're supported. And number five, have a simple system, a process for goal achievement that you follow. As mentioned earlier, Doors to Elevate, my one-of-a-kind mastermind for attorneys who are ready to exponentially grow their business, are now open inside of elevate you are going to get unyielding support the type of support we talked about today and also my guidance to take you through the exact framework we talked about today as well so that you can grow your business and if needed your team to support it and so that you can exponentially grow revenues and income without burning out my clients who have used this exact framework can tell you this works here are some of the examples of past clients that have used this framework. An increase in originations by more than 200000 from the prior year. Starting a side business. Building a strong referral network that started to send regular clients their way within the first few months of us even working together. And yes, having a 30% increase in growth year over year. And here's the thing, y'all. It's not just about the money. That is a wonderful piece, right? But you want more than that, I hope. More confidence, more balance, more impact as an attorney. Here are just a few of the things that past members have had to say about what they got out of the mastermind in addition to monetary results. Monica said, I'm finally in control of my practice, doing more of what I love to do, which doesn't even feel like work. Kate said, the intimidation factor of it had been holding me back from doing business development was eliminated. Business development is no longer an ambiguous concept. I now have real world strategies that I can implement immediately. Lauren says, the connection that happened within the group is what I wanted and needed to do the things that were uncomfortable yet necessary to move forward on my big business goals. And Kristen says, the number one thing I've gotten out of the mastermind to date is the confidence to effectively communicate what I do and the value I bring without feeling disingenuous or salesy. No more downplaying my successes. Instead, I own them and feel good about it. If you are ready for all of the above, apply now. This is an application only process as I have to ensure the group is the right mix of and fit of attorneys for one another. Please know because of that, I'm going to shoot straight with you. I want you to succeed and we'll let you know if you're a good fit or not. But here's my promise to you, even if you're not a fit, you will walk away with other options and you will leave with at least one tip to help you move forward in your business. All right, that is it for today. We will be back next week bye for now ready to build your ideal business around the life you actually want want to exponentially increase clients revenues and income without sacrificing your values relationships or health elevate attorney business mastermind was designed specifically for you uniquely designed to take you from feeling like yet another unsupported and isolated attorney uncertain about how to distinguish yourself from your peers and spinning your wheels trying to figure it all out, to confident in the business of law, and most importantly, in how to get yourself and your practice to the next level without losing you in the process. Doors to elevate are currently open, but will not stay that way for long. Learn more and apply now at coursecorrectioncoaching.com forward business development mastermind.